Bonjour, je suis Mara Denudé et je suis écueilleuse burlesque et j'habite à Paris. Thank you for tuning into What's the Tease. For today's episode, I'd like to present the pearl of Parisian chic, Mara Denudi. Welcome to the What's the Tea stage, Mara. Hello. Awesome. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour, indeed. <laughs> That's actually what I should have opened with. Damn. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> um, so you're based in Paris, France. Has this always been your home? Um, yes, I was born in, uh, in Paris and raised in the suburbs. But uh, yes, I've always uh, been in Paris. I, I lived for a while in London, just six months when I was still uh, studying in a drama school. But uh, basically, I love Paris and I, I'm good here. <laughs> okay, amazing. So you're a big city girl born and bred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> though, I, though I love nature and I like to go uh, on holiday, but to work, I think uh, the best is to be in Paris. <laughs> awesome, that is amazing. You began your burlesque career in 2008, I believe, when you entered the art form quite organically. Can you elaborate on this? Before that, I was uh, already um, working as an actress and I studied a lot of ballet for a long time, 17 years. And I met this American performer uh, who was living in Paris at that time mm -hmm. uh, called Gentry de Paris. Mm -hmm. And as I loved so much ballet and cabaret and acting, obviously, singing also, mm -hmm. it appeared to me um, an art, art form, very creative, in which I could mix all, mm -hmm. I, all I love. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I started to work on my first act and the second one, and it just happened to me by accident. You said you were an actress before. Did you have any knowledge of what burlesque was? Had you heard the term used before or perhaps had come across a show of some sort? Not at all. I had no idea what was burlesque at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, I, yeah, I knew the 70s. Mm -hmm. No, basically I didn't really know uh, the, uh, the art form mm -hmm. and uh, the, what was it about, really, mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I knew, I uh, already knew, for example, the famous Parisian cabarets. I really loved Crazy Horse. Mm -hmm. So um, I knew they, they, they were um, naked dancers in Paris, but not so much uh, the less performer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so speaking of Dita Vantese, I mean, just one year into your burlesque career, you had the opportunity to work with Tita Von Teese in 2009 yes. at Casino de Paris. Oui. So how did this opportunity come about? Thanks to the American uh, performer that I met uh, one year before, uh, Gentry. Mm -hmm. And I started to work with her in Parisian clubs and venues. And she was um, working on this project and uh, this show and she found a producer and she contacted the Dida and mm -hmm. I don't know how, but everything went well. And uh, she asked me to, uh, to work in the, in the show as, um, as Dida's, um, how do you say, a Petit Pierrot and extra, uh, no, um, assistant, like they do now with uh, Vantourage. Uh, yes, guys. the Vantourage, exactly. So that was the early days of... Uh, <laughs> 
of this job. But uh, yes, I did it uh, for 10, was it 10 days? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe. As a young, young woman, I was 23 at that time, I think, 24, 23. And it was my very first experience, big experience in a, in a very big venue. So uh, I was very um, happy and impressed. And it was important as a, as a new performer mm -hmm. to watch, watch it uh, on stage and, and learn by um, observing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was just about to ask then, like exactly what was your experience working with probably the most famous star in modern day burlesque? And no. like, what did you learn from her having not really had experience of the art form before? The confidence that she has was uh, uh, impressed me and we, we had the chance to talk and she uh, gave me advices and she told me the most important thing is uh, the light. You have to work on your light. Uh, that's uh, the same for a drama play or uh, everything is important and, and if you take care of uh, all, the, all those, it's not details because it's very important. Mm -hmm. but, um, it's as important as the direction, as the acting, as if uh, everything is, uh, is um, perfectly done, then uh, it's as important as uh, a cast. I I'm sure she's right on that point. Uh, you have to, do, um, to check everything so the show can be next level. And, uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, that was um, interesting uh, for me at that time to, to understand um, the way she, she developed her act. So having said before that you didn't really have any knowledge of burlesque prior to this American artist um, Gentry coming to Paris and then introducing you into the art form. So how did you go from becoming an actress to delving into a burlesque career? This performer, Gentry, um, she had this class in Paris and uh, many friends of mine uh, went also uh, to, the, to the few class that she, uh, she gave. And uh, we all started at that time uh, and she helped us to understand uh, what was burlesque about. And she gave us the op opportunity to um, meet together and be a little group of uh, performers in Paris. Uh, I always consider burlesque as an, an acting form mm -hmm. because uh, I see it like uh, with the eye of an actress. Mm -hmm. So that's why for me, uh, um, the storytelling is important because I, I, I have the, um, the vision of an actress mm -hmm. and uh, I, I like to work on my, uh, my part, thinking about the story of uh, the, the, the woman that I, that I am embodied. Mm -hmm. Your aesthetic is that of a vintage Parisian showgirl. So like, what would you say are some of the characteristics that define such a description? What I, I am moved by mm -hmm. is the, 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 the charm of the naked dancer that we have in Paris, because obviously we didn't have, uh, we, did, we had striptease, of course, but it was not called burlesque in Paris. But, and um, the code were different. Mm -hmm. uh, but the charm of those of those showgirls really move uh, move move me, you know, like um, Matahari, um, 
the first striptease that, that were drawn that were done in Paris on a stage, uh, all those performers, uh, the, the, there's something a bit maybe a bit naive at that time uh, as regards the striptease. It's because I, I lo really love vintage, so that's why this aesthetic, aesthetic moves me, and um, mm. it's it's just what I love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but in my in my early in early days when I was young, I was really uh, impressed by iconic women. Uh, Marlene Dietrich, uh, Greta Garbo, those kind of women uh, really impressed me when I was young. And uh, I tried to add uh, a mix of uh, the charm of the vintage showgirls plus the, the energy and the, 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 the charm of the, 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 the actress of the, the golden age. Quite successfully so, I might say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so tell me, being a Parisian showgirl, how does your passion for fashion history, cinema and musical references influence your work as a burlesque artist? Oh, it can be uh, a movie that I see one night, a picture, and I'm obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when I go to an exhibition, a uh, photo exhibition, I always buy postcards and uh, the, the, the things that inspire me the most, I put them uh, everywhere and on my, in my flat and I keep looking at them and it can be just um, a glance of mm -hmm. uh, a person on the photo and uh, this can inspire uh, all the acts or just uh, a small detail in an act. So you have kind of like a mood board going? Oh, yeah. Tons of mood board on in my computer, on my phone. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, what inspires you in terms of fashion when you think of creating costumes? Oh, uh, mostly 20s, 30s. The 30s uh, inspired me um, a lot. But also the, um, the 40s, for example, um, Jeanne Lanvin. I will be inspired by the vintage lingerie. <laughs> the, and uh, the the shoes, <laughs> the, mm -hmm. the fetish shoes, and uh, John Willy, for example. I really need um, visual inspiration uh, to start to work on a on a new on a new act. Mm -hmm. I'm just like thinking of the amazing haute couture fashion houses that come out of France. Being oui. like my personal favorite is Jean Paul Gaultier. Oh, um, of course. I know, of course, like Terry Mugler is oh, well yeah. loved in terms of like extravagant drag oui. and um, like Coco Chanel, of course, mm -hmm. what a legend in terms of that playing with uh, the gender binary, like making suits iconic with women. Oh dear, yes, Yves Saint Laurent as well. And exactly. um, the, the one that I find uh, very uh, creative is uh, Elsa Ciaparelli. Mm -hmm. She always had the, the most amazing ideas for hats, for a dress, and uh, I really like to check her, wor um, her work and uh, her creation when I'm working on a, an act because she has such good ideas to, to make it um, unique. And uh, so I, I always, uh, very, I'm always very inspired by uh, Chaparelli. Mm -hmm. While we are on the train of fashion, in your repertoire of X, they are all immaculately costumed. So, like, what is your process behind the creation of these exquisite garments for your burlesque acts? Do you perhaps have any skills in making costumes? Or do you employ the skills of others? Oh, yeah. I totally uh, give uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the project to uh, the best 
uh, couturier that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that will be the the best for this project. What I do is uh, embellishment that I can do. <laughs> rhinestoning. Yeah, hours, hours, hours of rhinestoning. And a small couture, I can fix things and be a bit creative with costuming. But uh, when it comes to have a costume that will last a long time, that will uh, suffer on stage. <laughs> I, pr- I prefer to pay for something that will last a long time, that will be um, good quality. But I really love to, I'm a member of um, Manu Gétois, uh Patreon. She's the most amazing woman <laughs> and mm-hmm. couturier. She's so good and uh, I learned a lot watching her video. So I recommend her Patreon <laughs> to mm-hmm. everybody who is curious about couture and, and costuming. Okay, so one of your signature acts, please help me with the pronunciation here. La Couture de Mara? Oui, le coucher de Marat, that's it. Ah, okay, excellent. This is right. a tribute to Le Coucher de Yvette, the yes. first striptease ever performed on a stage in 1894 in Paris. Yes. What knowledge have you uncovered about the history of burlesque in France? Oh, um, I'm always very passionate about those, uh, those dancers and... Uh, For example, this actress <laughs> mm-hmm. was called Blanche Cavelli, and um, she, she, she was performing uh, as she, in an act, telling that she was going to bed, and she was just undressing, putting her pyjama on, and they, she had a bed on stage, and she was just going to bed, and, and she was sleeping after that. So there's something a bit, um, a bit naive in, those, in the first uh, striptease uh, done on stage at that time. And uh, it's very charming. That's uh, what I love the most uh, about it. But um, also, I don't know how I learned about that. It's mm-hmm. just uh, when you're passionate about history and uh, above all the, the, the destiny of women at that time, late uh, 19th century, 20th century, I've always been uh, fascinated by women and her, their destiny. Mm-hmm. And so the, the courtesan the, from the La Belle Époque, uh, and uh, of course Matari, that she was uh, the, 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 one of the first to perform striptease mm-hmm. um, and dancing with veils and, uh, in, in Paris, dans les, in the famous salon. Uh, and she also performed on stage in the most uh, famous venues at that time, but um, my next act will be a tribute to Matari. Oh, sounds exquisite. So I'm working on it. <laughs> How is the performance of burlesque in the 21st century received by French audiences? Oh, it's not as popular as uh, in the US or in, uh, in the UK, but we, we have a real um, audience now. It's been maybe 12 years and, and more that there's burlesque in a, more than 12 years that there's burlesque uh, in Paris. But um, we have a, a very um, kind uh, audience and uh, we have a um, kind and uh, faithful audience and they, they, um, they keep um, supporting us. And mostly women, most of our uh, supporters are women. So. We're very proud, but it's true that uh, maybe 10 years ago, uh, the, the, the burlesque uh, really um, became famous in, uh, in, in Paris, in France. Mm-hmm. 
Do you feel like the industry is growing and that there is more audiences wanting more shows? Yes, I think so too. But uh, however, uh, these years, uh, I, I feel like, oh, I have the feeling that maybe um, the popularity of burlesque is a bit down this year. Uh, mm -hmm. But in, a, in, a, in the other end, it's been uh, 12, years, 12 years that I started and, uh, and other performers uh, started a bit at the same time or, or right before. Mm -hmm. And we're still performing. So it means that it's, uh, it's, uh, it's still working and people are still coming uh, to the show. So um, um, I have a good feeling about, about, about it. Okay, brilliant. Is there a particular style? of burlesque that is more favored to perform amongst French burlesque artists? Oh, I don't know if there's a, a favorite style. Maybe the, the, the classic burlesque is um, more, uh, maybe more popular, but uh, I, I know that the, the supporters and the audience really love uh, new burlesque. They, they love humor and uh, more erotic performances. Uh, they, but it's true that for private events, for example, Mm -hmm. I have to admit that they're mostly uh, looking for uh, classic uh, burlesque and vintage uh, performances. So how does your 17 years of ballet experience manifest itself in your burlesque acts? Oh, uh, I think that I have a position that I can't uh, erase, you know, uh, the, the, the way I... I walk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell that I have done ballet. The way I move my arms. I think there's. A, I can't lie. And it's in me because I started when I was five. So I can't lie. <laughs> and I, I see your done. lines are always so impeccably uh, drawn in each of your performances, and always that pointed toe in a heel. I'm a bit of foot fetish, and I really love the 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 lines of a, a leg and. A, um, a foot in a high heel, mm -hmm. so uh, I'm a bit obsessed by that. <laughs> I, I'm really uh, picky when it comes to uh, lines, but uh, that's what I like, and uh, I'm fine if other person uh, doesn't, uh, uh, if other person don't like uh, as much as I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, lines. <laughs> <laughs> in 2013, you formed the singing duo. <laughs> The mm -hmm. Papi Sisters oui. with uh, your, your singing partner, Cleo. And you've even incorporated singing into your burlesque acts like The Traveler. Oui, yeah, that's true. So why is it still significant in modern times to sing surrealist, libertine and libertarian songs? Oh, even, uh, even if our songs are uh, original and uh, written nowadays, there's an echo to, um, to women in the 20s, for example, but uh, those, those problems that we um, present, that we, um, the theme of the songs, the, the problems, the subject that we are highlighting are still issues that we deal with uh, nowadays. For example, racism, uh, women emancipation, freedom of love, freedom of, of uh, choice and um, doing what you want of your, of your life. Those songs can have uh, old-fashioned charm, but the subject and uh, what we are talking about is very, it's still very actual, very um, modern. I agree, they still apply today. 
Yes, the purpose is not only to sing uh, beautiful melodies and, and being nice and cute on stage. The statement, the, the, the words are more prof profound. Yeah, the message uh, is quite deep. <laughs> Incredible. Like, I'm glad that you are still singing these songs. Oui. They were written uh, uh, eight years ago. And uh, we, we started to sing in the cabaret and then we had uh, 10 songs and we thought, oh, we have to do something now. <laughs> we have to do a real show uh, and uh, making the most of what we have to have uh, our own uh, musical. You've actually recently come off a tour with uh, your act. Yes. Like, where did you go? What did you do seeing as travel is now open? Oh, we were in France. The show was... Uh, our show was bought by um, um, a city in the east of France for a festival, and we had uh, five um, five nights of, uh, of of show. It was really great to meet again the the audience, and uh, people weren't crazy about about going to a show and and see actors and uh, not being uh, in front of a screen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we had a, a blast. It was. Such a, a great moment, and hopefully uh, we'll uh, we will tour again with this uh, show uh, when uh, September arrives. <laughs> As an international burlesque performer, you've performed across Europe, Asia, Australia, and the United States. Is there a difference in your experience when performing in these countries and continents? I remember the first time I went to the U.S. Uh, with Alexei uh, to perform, and we were really um, um, nervous because our uh, our duo, uh, the 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 wolf and uh, Red Riding Hood, is a bit different that uh, what we uh, what that what we saw in the U.S. and uh, we were really nervous and we were uh, asking ourselves, will they like our uh, work, our universe, uh, what we are doing? So when we arrived in New Orleans, I felt a connection straight away with the audience uh, because I feel that uh, the audience in the U.S. is more warm and welcoming mm -hmm. than what we have in Paris. They're, they're more quiet and maybe because they're not used to it, they have a bit of distance. But I really uh, like the way I perform my act with uh, the, the warm of uh, such a welcoming audience. And in, in other countries, they are, yeah, France, more shy, and in Asia, in Asia as well. Like reserved. Yes, a little bit. Right. And then in Australia? Oh, um, what I remember from uh, the show Cabaret Burlesque, but it was a private event. The souvenir that I have is uh, very warm and uh, really fun uh, um, entertainment. Ah, great stuff. Good to know that audiences around the world are enthusiastic about burlesque. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so the act I think that you are referring to, um, that you went to the US with and that you performed in New Orleans, is the In the Wood for Love. We In the, the Wood the for Love. <laughs> this is, in fact, the act in 2018, which you won Best Small Group at the Burlesque Hall of Fame with, as you mentioned, your dance partner, Alexei. Alexei, yes. Alexei von Vosilius, yes. Mm -hmm. So, like, why did you decide to choose this act amongst all your other acts to take to the grandest stage in burlesque? It was our first uh, act as a duo, so we didn't have any other acts. 
one year before, yeah, in um, 2017, we were in a festival in Switzerland performing as a solo or, uh, artist. And in the train back to, um, to France, we, we were brainstorming and said, we should do an act, uh, a duo act. The Red Wedding Wood and the Wolf came on the, uh, in the conversation uh, a bit organic, organically. We have the same uh, aesthetic and, uh, and vision of uh, an artistic performance. It took us one year to do the, the creation. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and right after that, we kept, we kept on touring with, with, uh, with the act. And, uh, and, uh, and then we traveled to the US. That's great stuff. And then you took home the prize. Way. So all your hard work was yeah, complimented with a, with a crown. Where it was so such a an amazing night. <laughs> we had a blast. It was uh, f amazing to discover uh, the festival and uh, the Berlusco of Fame. We we don't have this in Paris mm -hmm. at all. It was a new world that we were <laughs> discovering, and uh, I was amazed. But all the the legend that I met, the stories that I heard, and just being uh, and celebrate Burlesque as a um, as they do, and meeting other performers that I already knew, and uh, and catching up and seeing uh, amazing performances, uh, we, it was a shock, and uh, I enjoyed it so much. How has the pandemic impacted your performance career, and where are you at with it right now? Well, uh, when the the pandemic started, I was in uh, Lisbon in Portugal to perform. But when I arrived in Lisbon, the producers told me, um, uh, uh, everything is closing, so we won't be performing uh, uh, the two nights uh, that we were supposed to do. And uh, starting from uh, mid-March, uh, all our life uh, <laughs> became uh, quite uh, and quite. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, but um, in France, we uh, are very lucky that we have this artist status and uh, they helped us because we couldn't work obviously and we still have this while the, 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 the work uh, is slowly coming back and uh, they extended this for a whole year so I was relieved on, on this point but I was always thinking to other fellow performers in, uh, outside of France and I was wondering how I, how are they going to do now uh, mm -hmm. if you can't work? Uh, what, what's happening for, for them? So I was really concerned and sad for the, the artists all around the world. And in the other end, uh, having a break like uh, we had, it's a one lifetime uh, experience. I hope so. <laughs> it won't happen again. But uh, it was great to take time for myself, in my opinion, uh, my experience of the, the pandemic. I, I was able to do um, sport every morning, thanks to Chris O and his amazing uh, Instagram live. <laughs> uh, have you seen it or uh, during the pandemic? Uh, oh, a little bit, say. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Obviously not nearly enough. <laughs> Way. It's amazing. And every morning he was doing a fitness class. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know Chris is a, is a friend of mine, but uh, oh, what a blessing uh, to see his face every morning and, uh, and staying active. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if we were in front of a screen, mm -hmm. uh, there was a highlight during the pandemic, uh, the fitness class. <laughs> Keeping in shape. Well, and having the time and um, allowing yourself to uh, take care of you. Uh, it's when you are um, 
workaholic like I am. For me, it's hard to uh, to take time to rest uh, and uh, take care of my, of my body. And uh, there's always something happening in, uh, that you judge more important, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not. There's nothing more important to take care of yourself. Because this is your body is your tool, especially in exactly. the performing arts. It's a chal- an everyday challenge for me to uh, respect uh, my body and uh, try to... Uh, to preserve and uh, to uh, keep on working on it. Mara Danudi, in closing, where we can follow and support the work that you do so that we are all up to date with what you got going on and what shows we can catch you in next. Oh, um, I have an Instagram uh, account called um, uh, Mara Danudi. I also have um, an Instagram account for the, the show that I have, uh, the duo, the singing duo called Les Sœurs Papilles in French. And I also have Facebook, but uh, I'm more active on Instagram. There's uh, so many uh, social media um, now that it drives me nuts. (laughs) So so, yeah, Instagram mostly, Facebook. And I also have a website Mm -hmm. uh, called uh, maradenude.com and a YouTube channel, but uh, you will see everything on the website if you uh, are interested. (laughs) Okay, fantastic. I guess all that's left to say from my side is merci, Mara Danudi, for joining me and all the listeners out there on this episode of What's the Tease. It has been an absolute delight to connect with you. Merci beaucoup. And thank you for the invitation. And, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, uh, we'll talk again uh, in the future and uh, thank you for uh, what you do and uh, I had a, a great time listening to, um, uh, to all the podcasts uh, and uh, the interviews that you, you've done.